We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hello, I'm Cheryl Broderson. And Jasmine Allnut. And we're in studio and we're still in the Tudors, aren't we? Oh, yes. We have a few more to go, folks. They're pretty intriguing, though, as you probably can tell. I think they are because also this was when Protestantism really began to hit England. Mm -hmm. Because as we've mentioned before, the court of Henry VIII, when he declared himself head of the church, he was declaring himself head of the Catholic Church in England. Yes. And, of course, the Catholic sympathizers who still had ties with the popes didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And then Henry used his new position to— assume all their land, all the land that was owned by the Catholics right. and to destroy okay. yeah. abbots, monasteries. monasteries yep. And, right. Yeah. That led to a lot of issues. And so, yeah, the change of headship, though, that just meant whoever the king or queen was, then the faith of the nation would go that direction, which is going to cause a lot of upheaval. Yes. Got a lot of tension now between Catholics and Protestants not knowing their footing. Like, okay, what, right. where are we today? I mean, are we are we Protestant yes. or are we Catholic? What are we? And even the Catholics so, didn't know. Are we yeah. royalists or yeah. are we Catholics? Do we believe King Henry is the head of the church or the Pope is the head of the church? And the Protestants are like, neither. Yeah. Jesus is the head oh, of the church. Gosh. So it's it's pretty turbulent in case you can't tell during this time. That's right. And then, um, you know, Henry VIII pretty much held to all the Catholic doctrines. Yes. But the Protestants begin to dispute it just like Martin Luther did saying, wait, Some of these Mm. doctrines are off. So that's the atmosphere that you have in England during Mm -hmm. the 1540s. And that brings us to part two of Anne Askew. Mm -hmm. So this is a bold woman. She was part of the gentry. Her father was Sir William uh, Askew. Um, She was married in a very unhappy marriage at 15. So by the time she's in her early 20s, she's petitioning the court for a divorce on the on scriptural grounds, mm-hmm. saying that he's not a believer. And he had As, kicked her out. Right. I mean, yeah. but And he had a mistress, too, which yeah. will come up later. But she then is in England, and she's arrested for gospeling because there were those who didn't feel like a woman should uh, publicly— Speak the word of God or read the word of God. Interestingly enough, Catherine Parr would read the word of God out loud to her court, to all the women in her court. But I guess because it was behind closed doors, it was acceptable. Right. But there was a man named Gardner, and we mentioned him in the last episode, but also in the episode on Catherine Parr. And he's like out for Christians, uh, yeah. what he calls religious zealots or yeah, the Protestant overly Christians. enthusiastic mm-hmm. or Protestants. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Anne has left her husband. She's living in London. She's released and found innocent from her first trial, which was known as the Quest. But in March of 1545, Kime, her ex-husband, well, who's still her husband, right? Yeah had Anne arrested and returned to Lincolnshire. It was said that Kime hoped to marry his mistress and hoped to either divorce Anne or make her so miserable that she would commit suicide or something. Oh, my gosh. And he had at least 30 priests in Lincolnshire who were against Anne. So maybe, They're all Catholic. Right, right. Maybe even hoped that her it was her death. Wow. Throughout that spring, at the same time, the conservative counterattack gathered momentum. And by early summer, a vigorous anti-heresy drive was in progress. At the end of May, Thomas Kime and his wife were summoned to appear before the council. Although not proved, it's probable probable that the initiative for this move came from Kime himself, that he had set this all up to implicate Anne. 
Anne had refused to obey the order of the court of chancery to return to him, nor is it likely that he wanted her back. At the same time, he was in an invidious position, deserted and defied by his wife and unable to marry again. It cannot have failed to occur to him that only Anne's death would finally resolve his problems. Armed with a royal warrant and backed up by the Bishop of Lincoln, who had a long score to settle with Anne. During this time, Anne sought refuge at her brother Francis' house. He was back from France and offered to hide her. Hmm. When he was questioned, he denied knowing her whereabouts. Wow. However, Kime found or intercepted a letter that Anne sent to her brother that betrayed her location at a small college somewhere on one of the many properties that the Askews owned. Thomas Kime went and forcibly removed her from her brother's protection and carried her off to London. My goodness. I know. Can you believe that? (laughs) Anne was imprisoned and interrogated. She wrote this, They charged me upon my obedience to show them if I knew any man or woman of my sect. My answer was that I knew none. They asked me of my Lady Suffolk, my Lady of Sussex, my Lady of Hertford, my Lady Dinny, and my Lady Fitzwilliam. I answered, if I should pronounce anything against them, that I were not able to prove it. Gardner believed that the Queen was deliberately undermining the stability of the state. Queen Catherine Parr. Catherine Parr, right. Gardner tried his charm on Askew, begging her to believe he was her friend, concerned only with her soul's health. She retorted that was just the attitude adopted by Judas when he unfriendly betrayed Christ. Wow. The interrogation not only centered on Anne's associates, but also on her belief concerning the sacrament. When Gardner could not move her, they brought in a man named Bloody Bodner, and he was attached to the investigation. He was known to use violence in his interrogations and loved to consign people to the fires of Smithfield. Wow. Smithfield was pretty notorious mm-hmm. place of martyrdom. Yeah. Yep. Have you been there? I Well, I think I've been in the area. Is it near yeah. the market? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. by the, Elephant. Elephant and Castle? Elephant okay. and Castle. Yeah, I think I have been mm-hmm. there. But yeah. Okay. Sorry. So Anne made a detailed record of her inquisition by Bonner, um, writing down both his questions and her answers. Bonner felt like he wasn't getting anywhere with Anne, so he had her put in solitary confinement in the Lord Mayor's prison for 12 days. No one but her maid was allowed to see or attend to her. However, it was during this time that Anne snuck a record of her ordeal out by way of her maid. She knew that the opposition would twist her words and slander her character, so she wanted the truth to be told word by word in order to strengthen the other Protestants in in England. After 12 days in solitary confinement, her cousin sought her release, offering to pay her bail. Bonner had a confession drawn up for Anne to sign, and she agreed to sign it because she was promised a release if a footnote would be added, as the body of Scripture doth agree. It mainly recanted her belief about the sacrament. This is what it read. And this thing, with all other things touching the sacrament and other sacraments of the church, and all things else touching the Christian belief, which are taught and declared in the King Majesty's book, lately set for the erudition of the Christian people, I, Anne Askew, otherwise called Anne Kime, do truly and perfectly believe, and do hear and now confess and acknowledge. And here I do promise that henceforth I shall never say or do anything against the premises or against any of them, 
in witness whereof I, the said Anne, have subscribed my name unto these presents. And that's what she had it as the scripture saith. Mm -hmm. The next day, Anne was taken to Guild Hall, where she had to listen while her confession was publicly read out loud. Anne was then released. So second one, right? She's released again. Okay. So she decided to leave London, wise, right? Mm -hmm. But was arrested a third time on June 19, 1546. It was said that during her interrogations, she quoted from at least 19 different books of the Bible. I mean, she knew the scripture. Wow. Also, during her time in prison, different support was sent to her by men disguised and thought to be servants of Lady Denny. At this time, Anne was resolved that she would die for her faith after this third arrest. She's like, this There's is it. no way, yeah. <laughs> and she's only in her 20s, early 20s. And yeah. she's already resolved, like, I'm going to die a martyr. This is the way it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deny the Lord. Awesome. And she was really upset about the way her um, her confession was considered a recantation. And she's like, no, I'm not recanting. Right. And so she was really that was why upset she about had that. that added part, like according to the scripture. She was trying to make it clear, right? That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. You know, she reminds me a little bit of Stephen because everything I read about her, she was so wise and so scripturally knowledgeable. Mm. And she also knew the law so well that her arguments were irresistible. They didn't know what to do with her. She was so smart. She was smarter than her um, interrogators. Interrogators. Absolutely. I love it. At her third arrest, Anne was subjected to a two-day-long inquisition by Chancellor Sir Thomas uh, Wright Thesley and Stephen Gardner. She was taken to the Tower of London, and the order was given for her to be tortured. This was the first uh, torture concerning a woman ever at the Tower of London. Wow. You know, other women have been in prison, but never right. tortured. There used to there was um, a special a law against uh, torturing women. Wow. And plus, point. this is for the gentry, like the gentry and the aristocracy. That's so right. you wouldn't want Especially to disrespect them. Especially the gentry and aristocracy. Right. They removed all her clothes except her shift and placed her on the rack and face, fastened her wrists and ankles to the rack. Oh, my gosh. They turned the wheel and stretched her body taut until it was five inches above the rack. Oh, my gosh. It was said that her screams as well as the stamping of her ligaments could be heard. Ugh. She fainted from the pain, was lowered, then revived, and then she was put back on the rack. Oh, my gosh. Her shoulders and hips were pulled from their sockets, and her knees and elbows were dislocated. Then they repeated the procedure. Three times altogether, she had this done. The lieutenant of the tower, seeing what was going on, refused to continue the torture and sought a meeting with the king to seek her pardon, which the king actually granted. Whoa. He granted her pardon. She was the only woman in history to be tortured on the rack. Even after a time on the rack, Sir Thomas Rithley sat beside her limp body and tried to exact a confession. So at this point, what they want is they want to take Catherine Parr down. Mm-hmm. They want that. And so they figure Anne asks if she's going to be the weak link and we're going to mm-hmm. do whatever we need to do. And she's like, no, I don't even know her. She's not part of anything. Wow. It was, in fact, illegal to torture any woman on the rack as well as anyone who had a station above yeoman. Man. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so John LaSalle was in the Tower of London or in prison at the same time. And he smuggled a note to Anne to encourage her. Anne wrote back, O friend, most dearly beloved in God, I marvel not a little what should move you to judge me 
so slender of faith as to fear death, which is the end of all misery. In the Lord, I desire you not to believe of me such weakness. For I doubt it not, but God will perform his work in me, like as he hath begun. I understand the council is not a little displeased that it should be reported abroad that I was racked in the tower. They say now that what they did there was but to frighten me, whereby I perceive they are ashamed of their uncomely doings and fear much less the king's majesty shut up information thereof. Wherefore, they do not want any man to tell it abroad. Well, their cruelty, God forgive them. You hear your in Christ Jesus. Farewell and pray. Mm-hmm. News of her racking spread all over London. And if it was meant to discourage the Protestant movement, movement mm-hmm. it had the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. Anne was already being held as a heroine and a martyr of the faith. Wow. Anne wrote this, I, Anne, ask you of good memory, although God hath given me the bread of adversity and the water of trouble, yet not so much as my sins have deserved, desire this to be known unto your grace. This is a letter she wrote to King Henry VIII. Hmm. Uh, For as much as I am by the law condemned for an evildoer, here I take heaven and earth to record that I shall die in my innocence. And according to what I have said first and will say last, I utterly abhor and detest all heresies. And as concerning the supper of the Lord, I believe so much as Christ hath said therein, which he confirmed with his most blessed blood. I believe so much as he willed me to follow, and I believe so much as the Catholic Church of him doth teach. For I will not forsake the commandment of his holy lips, but what God hath charged me with by his mouth, that I have shut up in my heart, and thus briefly I end for lack of learning." Anne had this letter delivered to the Lord Chancellor with a cover letter asking her to please intercede and give it to King Henry VIII. Hmm. So um, she's in. She's still at the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this too. Like um, Kingston complained, remember, he was the man who went to the, the king about having to torture a woman. It was, in fact, illegal to torture a woman at yeah. the time. And the Lord Chancellor, Thomas Rivesley, and his assistant, Richard Ritt, took over operating the rack. Despite suffering a long period on the rack, Askew refused to name those who shared her religious views. According to Askew, then they put me on the rack because I confessed no ladies or gentlemen to be of my opinion. The Lord Chancellor and the Master Rich took pains to rack me with their own hands till I was nearly dead. Mm. Well. I fainted, and then they recovered me again. After that, I sat two long hours arguing with the Lord Chancellor upon the bare floor. Can you imagine that? In all that pain, mm-hmm. how did you have the presence of mind? It's just the grace of God. Yeah, totally. With many flattering words, after putting her on the rack, he tried to persuade me to leave my opinion. I said that I would rather die than break my faith. Mm. Afterward, Anne's broken body was laid on the bare floor and Worthley sat there for two more hours, questioning her about her heresy and her suspected involvement with the royal household. So, I mean, this is quite demonic. an it's ordeal. Just, yeah, this is <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. So, two days later, on June 19th, she is taken from Newgate Prison to Smithfield. Now, that should have been just a really short walk. And the other prisoners, like John LaSalle, they walk from Newgate to Smithfield. But she was too weak. Well, how could she walk? Wasn't she, couldn't. she dislocated? Or her yep. bones? And, yeah. So they tied her to a chair, and they hoisted her and took her there. What's interesting is 
there was a whole group of, what do you want to say, um, people who take advantage of others. You know, there were those who just right. like to watch the executions and they like oh, to jeer yeah. and mock the prisoners yeah. and throw things. Well, about 30 Protestant sympathizers came out and surrounded her and they wouldn't let the public jeer her or say anything against her. In fact, oh. one man shouted out, I ask vengeance on all of you that do thus burn a member of Christ. That's pretty bold of them. They could easily have been arrested right there for themselves. Super bold yeah. for associating with with Anne. So obviously Anne is dictating these last words to her maid, but her last prayer mm. that was smuggled out for her friends was this. Oh, Lord, I have more enemies now than there be hairs on my head. Mm. Yet, Lord, let them never overcome me with vain words, but fight thou, Lord, in my stead. For on thee cast I my care. With all the spite they can imagine, they call upon me, which am thy poor creature. Yet, sweet Lord, let me pay no heed to them which are against me, for in thee is my whole delight. And Lord, I heartily desire of thee that thy most merciful goodness forgive them that violence which they do and have done to me. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Open also thou their blind hearts that they may hereafter do that thing in thy sight, which is only acceptable before thee, and to set forth thy verity aright, without all vain fantasy of fantasy of sinful men. So be it, O Lord, so be it. Wow. You compared her to Stephen earlier, and you yes. see that in there. Just open their eyes, Lord, and pray for their for, for forgiveness. And <laughs> mm -hmm. Amazing. Yes. Oops. I'm sorry. I said, I said it was... June 19th. That was the day she was rearrested. Mm. Tuesday, July 16th. Mm. So a month later, mm. Anne was taken to Smithfield. This is just two days after the rack, though. Wow. And she was tied to a stake. And the, the fodder was put at her feet. Mm. And next to her was the accused, um, her teacher, John LaSalle, who was a very well-known in those days Protestant mm. preacher. A name, man named John Russell took mercy on the convicts and tied a little bag of gunpowder around their necks so their deaths would be quick. Hmm. That would, like, make them explode. Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. That wow. seems very violent, but that was considered a mercy. mercy. Wow. Mm -hmm. Then Sir Martin Bow cried out, Fiat justitia, and the executioner put the torch to the tinder beneath the stakes. It is said that Anne did not cry out at all until the flames hit her breast. Mm -hmm. And then the gunpowder exploded and she died. Mm -hmm. Anne and the other martyrs were the last to suffer death under the Act of Six Articles, which, of course, they misused and misinterpreted. Yeah, clearly. Altogether, there were 31 people who were convicted under those articles and died. That includes Hugh Latimer and Ridley, right? Nicholas Ridley. Was that during at Smithfield? I don't think they died under the six articles. I think they died uh, because of the sacrament, but I'm not oh, okay. quite okay. sure They're about still executed. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they died, though. I, I've stood on that spot in Oxford where wow. they died, as I'm sure you have, too. But those who saw her execution were impressed by her bravery and reported that she did not scream until the flames reached her chest. 
Prior to the death, the prisoners were offered one last chance at pardon. Bishop Shaxton mounted the pulpit and began to preach them. His words were in vain. However, Askew listened attentively throughout his discourse. When he spoke anything she considered to be the truth, she audibly expressed agreement. But when he said anything contrary to what she believed Scripture stated, she exclaimed, There he misseth! And speaketh without the book. She did that from the stake. Oh, my god! Right before she died. I mean, she's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to go for yeah, it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, I love it. She's heckling him pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But just, you know, this is not. Yeah, and clarifying to everyone. This isn't right. true. This isn't true. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it was from what her maid was able to sneak out that the other Protestants compiled all her writings, mm. which Fox, John Fox, took yeah, yeah. and put in Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yeah, because was was Fox, he was a contemporary, I believe, of yes. these martyrs, yes. of these martyrs in the 1500s. Yes. And, yes. So, and then he went back in church history and recorded all these yeah. martyrdoms. Early and church and, yeah. There was also in Scotland, remember we talked about the two Margarets, there was yeah, also yeah. another book that was compiled by um, a Scot about all the persecutions to the Protestants in Scotland. Thank God for them preserving these, man. Don't you know it? Yeah. Because, you know, these people would try to deny it. You Mm -hmm. know, I have to Mm -hmm. say Gardner was later um, condemned to death because under Mary, because he was a royalist, right? Interesting. And so he died. And you just realize, you know, you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. Nobody Mm -hmm. gets away with this kind of of evil at all. Yeah, gosh. And the ones that are celebrated or remembered are the ones that took a stand for the word of God, right? He who does the will of God abides forever. That's like right. That I verse. Mean, some people got to heaven and some people yeah. did not. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I, um, in reading this, there was so much that I left out, even just her quick-witted answers mm-hmm. when she was being interrogated by Bonner because she, she remembered, and that was her memory too, she remembered word for word everything that Bonner had asked her. And she remembered her responses. And wow. um, it is said that she dictated them to her maid who wrote them down and snuck them out Brilliant. And, and gave them right. to uh, the Protestants who held it and treasured it. Right. Wow. That's pretty amazing. I love it. It's, it's really amazing. And um, there was only one other woman to die at that time. I think that was Joan um, mm. Botcher. Was it Joan? There was one other woman that also was tried and died, not Connected at the same time. But, it was somebody who knew her? Yeah, because yeah, of course the they're going to try to discredit. Because yeah. what they were doing is they were, you know, Gardner really believed that he had to get rid of the, what he called the heresy doctrine mm-hmm. from England. But it's mm-hmm. interesting to me because what happened is they realized they'd gone too far because she was part of the gentry. But they felt like they could do it because they had enough, one, Catholic sympathizers and royalist. And they and then Gardner decided he would make an example of her. And therefore, if you kill a royalist or someone in the gentry, no one would feel safe. Right. And again, the person that they really wanted was Catherine Parr. Parr. They really wanted to get to Catherine Parr because at this point she's wielding a very, very strong influence and Mm -hmm. she's protecting the Protestants. Yes. She's all that stands between them and certain death. Yeah. was when she was in the court of Henry. No wonder she decided to marry Henry. She saw it as that mm-hmm. God-given opportunity. Truly. Yeah, really. And you talked about that in when we were discussing Catherine, just the fact that, I mean, she had her own desire. She didn't want to marry this 
old man who might, you know, kill her at a moment's notice for That's treason. Right. I mean, it was very dangerous to Mary Henry. And, and especially if felt... you find out that he's interested in your friend. Oh, my gosh. The Duchess of Suffolk. Yes. You know, like, they uh-oh. find out, you know, like. I mean, they're so, yeah, he's already so dangerous. number seven. Yeah, exactly. But then to know, like, and we talked about this, how she, Catherine really was raised up for such a time yes. as this. And, yes. you know, I mean, the Lord did use her. So, I mean, gosh, just the intrigue all around. My goodness, what a time. Mm-hmm. What a, man, precarious time. And yet these women, I just their, their willingness. Yeah, and to know I'm I'm going to die. But, man, just the grace that God gave them to sustain Well, I think if Anne Askew being in this tremendous pain, and again, as we mentioned before, she's only in her 20s. Yeah. Her bones are dislocated. I'm Yeah, her Laying joints are ground. dislocated. Yeah. Her tenants are, and I've heard like an Achilles tenant when it gets torn is just like the most painful thing in the world. Oh, yeah. And she's got tenants that are torn. And they have to carry her to Smithfield, and yet she has the fortitude to not cry out and to listen to that sermon and— And critique it. Critique it. You have the presence of mind. Mm-hmm. It's, man, that mm-hmm. is—I mean, and you even when we talked about some of the martyrs and stuff, you just see the Lord gives such a special grace, I think, to those that are in mm-hmm. that kind of position. I mean, it's really And so many miraculous. were inspired by her death. Yeah. I mean, Hugh Latimer being one and— um, uh, Cranmer, uh, mm. Latimer, all these other people who would later um, suffer martyrdom. Mm. Um, she's mentioned over and over again as um, definitely a woman worth knowing, but right. <laughs> mentioned as an inspiration to the Protestants. Mm. You know, it reminds me a little bit of when Mary poured out the ointment on Jesus' feet and Jesus said, wherever the gospel is mentioned, this mm. what this woman has done will also be told. Mm. And I think with Ka- Anne Askew, I think that wherever Protestantism is, you know, known where people have a relationship with Jesus Christ, this woman is worth knowing yeah. because she gave her all, Completely. her yeah. absolute all for faith and mm-hmm. for truth yeah. and for the gospel and for the right to for women to speak the gospel. That's a good gospel. point, too. Yeah. You know, she did this for other women to be able to preach and to speak the gospel because, again, women weren't supposed to, but the gentry were allowed to read it privately, but just not to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Really, yeah, making the most of any opportunity. It's really amazing. I love that. <laughs> now, Anne is very much an, uh, uh, an incredible example, but I know that there are examples in some of our listeners' lives mm-hmm. of women mm-hmm. who really kind of set a standard or, you know, it just helped them to walk with Jesus Christ or inspired yeah. them. And I want to know those stories. And I know you do too, Jess. Yes, we do. I mean, yeah, we've heard from some of our listeners already. And at the end of the story, they'll say like, oh, this woman has just really transformed my life. Mm-hmm. We're in an encouragement. So, I mean, what an opportunity yeah. to share those stories with more people. <laughs> and if you don't feel like you can write like, you know, paragraph or even three sentences, yeah, just let us little... know why she's important to you mm-hmm. and how she's ministered to you because we'll give a shout out. Yes, absolutely. You could even say, Mom, why don't you listen to this podcast? <laughs> and give a, we'll give a shout out, and then they can hear how inspiring they've been. Yeah, absolutely. Unless so, they're dead, and then they have to have one of the angels tell them, I was right? just in heaven. They'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll probably know anyway <laughs> yes. if they're in heaven. So, yeah. <laughs> so we we wanted to tell you where to write, and mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to write to women at cccm.com, and then go to the link that's women oh, worth knowing. Go to the knowing. website, women.cccm.com. Oh, website, right. And then there's a link right. to women worth knowing. You can also actually go to Cheryl's website, graciouswords.com, and there should be a link for women worth knowing there, too. And Jasmine also answers 
on that website too. So she'd be more than happy to read this too. It's not just going straight to me, even though it's my website. Yes, yes, yes. We'll get that. Don't worry. <laughs> by hook or by crook, you know, yes, we'll find out. We will find stories. them. And we love knowing women worth knowing. We love the ones from the Tudor era and we love the ones from the modern era. So be sure to write. Mm-hmm. And thank you for joining us again this week for Women Worth Knowing. <laughs> Until next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett.